Um, All right. Jake. I'm going to be turning the book of Romans today. Um, Romans 8. I have... I hope you can read that. Y'all read it okay? Not... They got something that's really cool you can get. They're called Bible. <laughs> you can download them on your phone. But, uh, amen. I'm just trying to make it lighter here today since I've got us here late. So, Romans 8 and 1. I'm going to read nine verses of Scripture here today. And, um, well, I said I am. Austin, they got class down there for you. You can go down there, bud. Got the hyphen class down there, so. All right. There, say amen. amen. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, if I say flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death and for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but that they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that is, that's minding the things of the flesh, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, that's that fleshly mind, is enmity, that means hatred against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Keep that tucked away in your mind. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Thank you for your honor in the word. You may be seated. I am going to, um, to do in the spirit is on how to eat elephants. Um, I've been teaching that, talking about that on Sunday, on our Sunday school, but I'm going to stray from that today. And I was listening to Brother Josh Carson preach. He is the former uh, youth president of the United Pentecostal Church, and now he's pastor of Indiana Bible, the Calvary in Indianapolis, which is the church where IBC is at. He's a phenomenal preacher. He is great. And I, I listen to him often because preachers need to be preached to. And um, he was saying something yesterday that as I was listening to him that just 
I really felt like I need to take and expound to our church because I believe it is a great big key to helping us as Christians to live a victorious Christian life. Okay? So, my lesson title today is taken from verse 1, Romans 8 and 1, for there is now, therefore now, no condemnation. So, this is my thought today. No condemnation. I've spoken about this in passing, explaining the difference between conviction and condemnation. There's a huge difference between conviction and condemnation. Today, I want to dive into this deeper, and I hopefully it can help change the way we as a child of God operate and help us feel and have a more victorious life because that it's hard to live a victorious Christian life when we walk around in that spirit of condemnation. If you don't know what condemnation is, uh, it is according to the Oxford Dictionary, condemnation means the expression of very strong disapproval. It means censor. It is the act of condemning someone to punishment, sentencing them. The biblical definition of strong of the of condemnation, if you look at it in the Strong's concordance, Strong's definition of of condemnation, it means an adverse sentence. It means the verdict, and it says condemnation. Now, I believe that a lot of people struggle with living for God and struggle with living a victorious Christian life because of the misunderstanding or not understanding that there is a difference between conviction and condemnation. So stay with me today. I, I believe that me and Sister Cheryl was talking to her about it um, on the way to church, and she's fixing to ask me a question about conviction. And before she got done, she answered her own question and helped me a whole lot with something else, stuff I want to say today. So it, it just really was great. So, but let's talk about this today. There is a difference between conviction and condemnation. Paul said in our text, there is no condemnation in them which are in Christ Jesus. We've got to understand. I'm going to be in teach mode here today because I want us to get this. He said there's no condemnation, but there's no condemnation in a certain spot in those who are in Christ Jesus and those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And there are some very key things in what Paul says here to help us th with this. When we're feeling condemnation, we are, according to what Paul said here, when we're feeling condemnation, we are walking in the flesh. According to this scripture, it's just, uh, and I'll, I'll throw it back up here on the screen here. There's therefore no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but in the spirit. So if we're feeling condemnation, that means that that time we're feeling it, we're, we're operating in the fleshly desires and not the spiritual desires. And if we're walking in Christ Jesus, we won't or should not have that condemnation. So to put this easier, 
maybe an easier way to understand. I hope it is. Uh, if we're walking with Jesus, we won't be feeling guilty all the time. We won't be feeling like we have this condemnation in our life. And because of that's what condemnation does to us, is we feel guilty all the time. We feel like we're constantly doing something wrong. We feel like we're constantly not good enough. We feel like we're constantly not worrying enough. Now, understand me today. If you are in that place and you're walking in that place in your life, this does not mean you're a bad person. Because on our best day, we are 100% human. On our best day, we have a lot of human thoughts. On our best day, we struggle um, with things in life. We struggle with these feelings of condemnation. It's not saying that just because you're a child of God, you won't have these. But when you walk in it, you will also live in condemnation. Because that's thankfully that we have a God that can help us beyond that stuff. And walking with Jesus should bring conviction to our lives and not condemnation. And there is a big difference between the condemnation and conviction. Uh, we talk about what the condemnation is, but let me tell you what conviction is. Conviction in its simplest form is godly sorrow. That is in the simplest base form. Conviction is just simply godly sorrow. We see this uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Now rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow, that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. Listen to what verse 10 says. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Verse 10 gives us them two different things. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. That is the conviction of God. God causing us to be sorry and basically conviction in, in his base definition here is like God lets you know whether a preacher whether the word of God you're reading itself or the spirit of God itself tells you that's wrong you shouldn't do it okay but here's the difference condemnation does the same thing because a lot of people are condemned when the preacher is preaching they feel condemnation when the preacher is preaching but it stops at a certain place because that condemnation will make you feel like you're nothing, you're nobody. Preacher's preaching, I feel hopeless, I feel I can't make it. But the difference is if you're walking in the preacher's preaching and you're walking in the flesh and you hear preaching that, that, that touches your world, what it does to you, instead of seeing a way out, a way to have life fixed, all of a sudden you feel like I'm hopeless. I can never measure up. I can never be good enough. If you're walking in the, in the flesh, that's how you will receive preaching. That's how you'll receive uh, uh, the, the Word of God if you're reading it. No matter, you'll receive it in that manner. 
and you'll feel hopeless. But when we walk in the Spirit and we understand that, uh, uh, that, that God is not making us feel bad to destroy us, but He's trying to make us feel bad to help us get to eternity. That is the sorrow that brings salvation to our life. But the sorrow of the world, it brings death. That's condemnation. So there's a difference in this godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is where uh, uh, convictions come from. Godly sorrow is based on one thing, okay? And it's this. This is where conviction should come through in our life. It's through the Word. This is the law. This is the book that tells us what's right and what's wrong. And in the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say, and it doesn't matter what you say. It's thus saith the Word of God. This is where conviction should base and come from in our life. And godly sorrow will tell you not only why you should not do something, but it'll also tell us when we mess up. It's not if, it's when, okay? It'll tell us how to fix it. Alright? Let's just use for example. Uh, say you're at work and your boss gets on to you. Uh, and whether he's right or wrong, okay? Because when it comes to you dealing with your own life, it doesn't matter what anybody else does to you. Only your response is what you're held accountable for. If your boss gets up, he gets up in your stuff and he chews you from one side to the other and he is totally unmerited what he's doing, you didn't do a thing wrong, you're not responsible for what he done. What we are responsible for is how, Sister Michelle, we respond to that thing in our life. Okay? So what conviction does, all of a sudden the boss comes there, he gets all up in your stuff, and he's chewing you out, and you respond in a way that you shouldn't. You mouth back. Hopefully you don't curse at him because that shouldn't be inside of you. But you mouth back, you kind of smart back to him, and you just take it totally wrong, and you walk away. Then... You have two things that's going to approach you. You're going to have condemnation. You're going to have conviction that hits you. Condemnation is going to say all kinds of things that make you either feel really bad and, and, and just either quit the job and, and maybe you need to quit the job. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but it'll tell you all kinds of things about how worthy and how, how you're not good and all this kind of stuff. But then conviction will come along and say, you know what? He was wrong in his actions, but so were you. And according to that Bible that you read and you love, you should apologize. And we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. But see, what conviction, it deals with me, not the other individual. And conviction tells me, look, look, you, you, that's, that's creating a wrong attitude in you. you. You need to fix that. So what do we do? It, conviction tells us, hey, you messed up. You should apologize to your boss. You should uh, repent of your actions. And then guess what? Conviction but condemnation it doesn't bring that that that's this worldly sorrow it doesn't bring conviction it brings condemnation and the condemnation it'll it'll guilt you it'll make you feel bad and it'll leave you feeling bad it will make you feel like you can never get right or even be right because it'll just make you feel like you're a big mess up in life see but conviction will tell you no matter what happens God still loves you and conviction will show you how that you have uh, uh, how Jesus will help you fix that situation. See, conviction gives you hope that it's not rooted in our fleshly desire 
that after you smarted off the boss, you want to go back and punch him in the nose. All right? But conviction, that, that's condemnation. But conviction will say, you know, he was wrong, but you can't win him by showing a bad attitude yourself. Because conviction, it gives hope. And it's not rooted in our fleshly desires or, or, or in this world. But it's rooted in eternity. And conviction comes and says, look, if you don't fix this and make this right with him, you could miss heaven. So this is not about now. It's not the way you feel now. This is about, this is conviction speaking to me. Uh, this is about you getting yourself right so you don't miss eternity. And so many do not experience a conviction, but instead they're constantly dealing with condemnation. Because condemnation will bring that feeling of guilt. It'll bring that feeling, there's no way, I'm hopeless. Because honestly, this world gives you no hope. And, and it, it will bring you uh, uh, condemnation to the point that you feel the sense of uh, of. Uh, of like, there's no hope in my life. And, and, and uh, so let's, let's go back to, to the, the preaching part of it. If we're constantly walking in this fleshly desires, I only, I'm only at church to make my fleshly world better. I'm only at church to get my marriage together. I'm only at church to get my, only my healing. And, and people should come to church to get their marriage together. They should come to church seeking healing. And they should come to church for these things but if that is ultimately the only reason when there's going to come a point that the preacher is going to preach and he's going to preach something from the word that's going to cause you to feel guilty and cause you to feel shame and cause you to think well what's the use of me even trying I can't get past this anyway so we continue to walk in that place of what's the use in it to the point that it will eventually cause somebody to leave the church but when we're rooted in conviction, conviction is from Jesus, and we've really got that conviction in our life, we're not worried about the things of this world. Because the things of this world, it'll bring feelings of guilt, hopelessness. Because, after all, I'm never going to have more money than my neighbor. Now, yours may be different, I'm just saying, you know. I'm never going to have more money or, or, or a better relationship than this one. It brings, that's us walking in the flesh. That's us comparing ourselves among each other. All right? And it brings this hopelessness. And, and, but conviction, we're more intent on letting conviction, God's word, God's law, mold us into what Jesus wants us to be because I'm not living for this world. I'm living for heaven. I hope I'm not losing nobody here, but, but let, let me help us here today because here's the thing. Condemnation is the enemy of conviction. Okay? And a lot of people don't like to feel conviction in their life. Okay? We don't like to feel sorry. We don't like to cry. We don't like to feel remorse. But it's very important to get our life adjusted to where it needs to be in line with God. And one reason people don't like the feeling of conviction is they don't distinguish the feelings 
that conviction feeling from the feeling of condemnation. See, while conviction, it initiates guilt in front of us, okay? You're, you're going to feel guilt with conviction, all right? Well, after all, you can't be sorrow, have sorrow if you don't feel guilt. You know, you've had people apologize to you, and you know they wouldn't sorry. I mean, I used to say a lot, Aunt Phil's two sons, Kevin and Joy, when we was younger, Joy would aggravate Kevin, which is his younger brother, his Aunt Phil's kids, to death. And then say, oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. And, and, and Kevin's response, I heard it so many times, sorry is just a word to you. And it is like that so many times with people. But the Apostle Paul gives us a good summary of the difference in this text today. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done. Work that we couldn't do in our weakness, in our flesh. When we look at these other scriptures here, us, we, us who are in Jesus Christ, we're free from that condemning power of the law and sin. Because the, what the law does, it brings death to our sin, or it should. And condemnation is disapproving is a disapproving judgment is a verdict that's rendered against an offender okay and as a child of God to feel condemned before God we have to hear this all right to feel condemned before God we have got to forget that Jesus paid the price for our sin at the cross and, and for us to feel that condemnation we're walking in a fleshly place that we forget that Jesus he took all the wrath. He suffered all the condemnation. And He freed us from that separating negative judgment of God. Because if you have sin that's not repented of, what, what do we know that it says that death is going to do? Death does what? Or sin does? It brings us to death. And our sin and our guilt, they were nailed to the cross. Because here's the thing, condemnation leads to death, but conviction leads to life. Condemnation leads you farther away from God and closer to death, but conviction leads us closer to God and towards life. And biblical condemnation is more than just a feeling, okay? We've got to hear this today. Condemnation is a state of being that defines our relationship with God. If we're always walking in that condemnation and not in the conviction of God, when we stand before God condemned, it means you current, your current home is away from God. And it's hell. Alright? Makes sense? If not, I'll try to make, I'll, I'll help you here with it. To be condemned means you have been found guilty and have been sentenced to death. But conviction, on the other hand, is when our wrongs have been identified, they've been revealed, they've been showed to us. But then the Bible tells us that the Christian can be convicted of sin, but not condemned. Alright? We can be found guilty of sin, 
and not send us to the judgment for sin. And the reason being is this, okay? Somebody may go do something. Let's, let's talk into the, uh, our natural world right now. Somebody may rob a bank, steal a car, kill somebody. They're going to stand before a jury, right? They're going to go through their trial. If they deem him being wrong and he actually done it, what are they going to do? They are going to convict him. And what are they going to convict him of? They're going to give him a sentence, jail sentence. What is the purpose of that conviction? Now, our immediate response is going to be for him to suffer for his wrongs. But the real reason for that conviction and for them to be put in prison is for them to learn what it's like and help them get beyond their mistake and eventually introduce them back into society so they can be a functional human being back in society and be, and be fixed. Now, if they get out, so, okay, you have a five-year sentence. This is your conviction. You have a five-year sentence, and you're going to serve your time out, hoping that what? You will learn your lesson, and you'll come out of that, and you'll be a better person for society. Now, if they keep doing this, they keep living in that act that caused them to be convicted, eventually they're going to be condemned. All right? So let's put this in a spiritual aspect. Let's put it in a spiritual aspect. So we've sinned. And now then, we, we recognize we've sinned. Conviction comes to us and says, hey, you're wrong. You shouldn't have done that. Here's conviction and condemnation. Both can come working right together. But if we'll walk in the Spirit, but not in the flesh, because if you're walking in the flesh and the preacher preaches that, you shouldn't have been lying. You shouldn't have been doing that. And then we're, in the, we're in this fleshly mindset. You know what we're going to do? Oh, God, I shouldn't have been lying. And now that I'm going to go to hell, and I'll never, I'll never get uh, my sin taken care of, and I'm lost for eternity. That's what condemnation says. But on the other side, conviction says, yeah, you've sinned, but guess what? I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if I'm walking in the Spirit, I recognize the fact that Jesus paid the price for my sin at Calvary. And I don't have to suffer for that sin because He took it at Calvary. Now, that doesn't mean I keep on sinning. That means I stop sinning. It's the, same, it's the same aspect, Brother David. If that person out in this world keeps killing people, keeps stealing, eventually they're going to give him the cheer. Or he's going to spend eternity, the rest of his life, in that jail cell. But if he figures it out and realizes, my, my penalty, I have paid the price for my, my, my failure in life. And I'm going to get out of life and I've learned from it. This is what God tries to do with conviction in our life. He says, look, yeah, you were wrong. But Jesus went to the cross. He shed blood for you. And you do not have to walk in that condemnation no more. I took your condemnation at the cross. I took it from you. You don't have to pay that price. And as a child of God, we should never feel like we're a nobody and a nothing because Jesus shed blood at Calvary for us. God, I wasn't planning on preaching, but I'm feeling this. And listen, and the only way to have no condemnation is when we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And the only way we can walk in the Spirit is when we're more intent on making heaven our home than feeling at home in this world. Because when we feel at home, and when we 
We used to sing that old song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Right? But a lot of us is, this world is my home. And I'm bound to it. And that way, if you lose your job, you're having family fights, you're having all this stuff, you fall apart because you think it's all about this world. Yeah, you're going to fight. You're going to fuss. You're gonna, sometimes you're going to have flat tires. You're going to have things. Then life is not going to work. But when we, I, it, this has been a theme inside of my spirit all year long, is when we realize this life is not about this life. This life is about eternity. And listen, folks, if I don't get everything in this life that I want, if my marriage is not perfect, my kids are not perfect, my job, everything, listen, I'm 50 years old. If I give my promise, life, my promise years, I'll live 20 more years. And if I'm lucky, I'll get a little bit longer than that. But, my, honey, I'm on the downward trend of this thing. And if this is all it is, when it's all said and done, if I can keep my mind on eternity, that's me walking in the Spirit. That's me realizing it's not about me. It's all about Him. It's about me making eternity my home. And the only way to understand what real conviction is is by knowing where conviction comes from, okay? And that's why I'm tempting to teach this today about how to have no condemnation. So, how do we have no condemnation? First, we need to know that God's Spirit is <clears throat> a teacher, okay? John 16, 13 says, When He, the Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost, if you read the whole context of John 16, you would see the Spirit of truth is the Holy Ghost, is come, He will guide you into what? Anybody know? All truth. John 14, 26 says, The Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, it says that He shall teach you all things. How many remember, I know it's been a long time for us, when we went to school, when you go to school of some kind, they give you two things when you first get there. They give you a teacher, and they give you a textbook. Okay? Is that what they give you? Nowadays it might be a little bit different, that's what they did in Eisen school. They give you a teacher, and they give you a textbook. And God has made that same provision for us, for the church. Our teacher is the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus, the Spirit of God. And our textbook is the Bible. All right? This is the countless reasons of why we need the Holy Ghost in our life. Without it, we really don't have the teacher that we need in our life. As we read these scriptures here again, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit, the life of Christ Jesus made us free from the law of death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son as likeness, sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. That's what I've been saying this whole time here. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death. 
To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now listen to these verses. Because the carnal mind is not empty, is carnal mind is empty of God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. Now listen to this. If so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's a powerful scripture. And we need to recognize the fact that that Spirit needs to be inside of us. And it will lead us and guide us. And it, it stands to argue today that the best teacher of the Bible would be the one who wrote the Bible. Alright? The preacher screw proves that the Holy Ghost, you find it in 2 Peter 1.21, those who write it down, uh, 2 Peter 3.16, we find that, that the Holy Ghost is the author, it's the Spirit of God. It's the author of the Word of God. And when the Spirit begins to teach scriptures that you have read time after time, suddenly it becomes clear and meaningful to you. Have you ever done that? I've read the scripture a dozen times, but all of a sudden I'm reading and the Holy Ghost speaks to me. The teacher prompts my spirit, brings the conviction of God in my life and says, look at that scripture. Or I'm, I'm sitting back there and, and I'm listening to preaching and all of a sudden through the inspired Holy Ghost teaching, preaching, whatever, and, and the spirit that I'm allowing where I'm walking in the spirit begin, it meets each other and it says, hey, this is what the word says. There are millions of people who will testify that they did not understand the Bible until after they were filled with the Spirit, which is the author, the Holy Ghost. If, amen? If there wasn't for the Holy Ghost teaching us, we'd have a great big void in scriptural understanding. The Apostle Paul, brilliant in his time, taught under uh, brilliant teachers. Brilliant. But yet he didn't have an understanding of the Word. But when the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost, the Apostle Paul taught almost exclusively by the Holy Ghost after that point, and he went on to write 14 books in the Bible because the Holy Ghost revealed to him the truth of what the Scripture really says. And if a person hasn't been filled with the spirit of truth, the spirit of the teacher, then we should seek that. There's a promise to us. That's what Acts 2.39 says. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? Promises unto you, your children. It's a promise to us. We, we see this thing that we, we have to walk in a righteous place. Because if we don't, it's this place that we walk will walk and when we're because when we're trying to walk righteous we're walking in the spirit but when we're not trying to walk righteous we're walking in the flesh and and when we're trying to walk right right with what it's like now i know none of y'all speed i'm sure right but if you're driving down the road 60 and the speed limit is 55, you're not righteous with the laws. Okay? Now, we, we all do that, right? I'm, I'm sure. But then the cop pulls us over and we get mad because he's given a ticket. But the truth of the matter is you wasn't right 
with the law. So that made you unrighteous with the law of the roads. It's the same concept with this. So if you're driving down the road going 55 mile an hour and the speed limit's 55 mile an hour, you've got nothing else going, going on wrong with you, guess what you're doing? You're being righteous while you're driving down that road. You're walking within the realms of righteousness. But all of a sudden, somebody pulls up the side of me, blows a horn and takes off faster, and I take off with them. I've left righteousness of the road and now then I'm walking in my own wants and desires this is the same aspect when it comes to the word of God once we decide I don't need anybody to tell me what to do I don't have to follow the laws of God I'll do what I want to do we've left righteousness we've left the book to the side that's why we need the Spirit of God. Because I promise you, if when I'm walking in my flesh and a boss comes up to me and chews me out, I don't want to hear that. But if I'm letting conviction work in my life, it'll tell me, come on, Daniel. It's better to suffer wrong than to do wrong. All of a sudden, the conviction comes in my life. You, you're not going to win him if you're acting like him. You, you, they're, they're, the, the guys around you, if they can't see no separation between you and the world, you and you, the way you're bought, the, the, you can't win them. See, this is how conviction works. Now, condemnation, the other says, like, you don't have to put up with that, blah, 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 blah. And then I step out of righteousness and I walk back into unrighteousness. And this is how you, this is how you differentiate between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. I, I hope I'm making sense with this. And that's, that's one reason that, that, uh, uh, we find in, and I believe it's in Ephesians 6, that we have to put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. To protect our heart. To allow us to live a clean, righteous life. It allows us to live in a place without condemnation in our life. And I know I've said this so many times, but as a young man, my boss gave me the greatest revelation of righteousness that I've ever had in my entire life. When we have, I'm a machinist and we they give us a print, and if we make the part, it has tolerances on it, but uh, like I'm allowed, I can make it this size or this size, but it can't be outside of that, you know. But I had made this part, and I'd made it too big. This was a, this was a picky, company, picky company, and like we can never get anything right for the Brother Mark. And one day, I'd, made, I'd read my micrometer wrong and made the part too big, and my boss has talked to me and said, well, we just got to fix this. Said, but, but you know how they, they're, they're so picky. And, and I'll never forget it the rest of my life. And he said, Daniel, I cannot be righteous with them if I'm not right. And I mean, it just smacked me in the face all of a sudden. It's like, it doesn't matter how picky or whatever they are. I made it wrong. And we got to realize that so many people walk in this place of condemnation and sadly a lot of times it is us who brings condemnation to people so let, let, me, let me cross this for a second because humanity human bring, beings bring condemnation alright but the Holy Ghost brings conviction 
And we've got to leave the work of the Spirit to Jesus in our life. He may use our words of truth. He may use our biblical judgment on someone trying to lovingly correct them. And he may use our holy life to convict somebody of their ungodliness in their lives. But God alone is the one that's got to bring the conviction to somebody's life. Right? And it seems like a lot of times the harder we try to convict someone, the more we condemning we can be. And I, I promise you, I've been guilty of it from a pulpit trying to guilt somebody to the altar. And I've heard many other preachers that try to guilt somebody in living right. We can't do that. We have to be led by the Spirit of God. After all, the, the, first, um, the first quality of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Spirit, anybody know what it is? The very first thing that you're supposed to receive when you receive the Holy Ghost, it's love. Fruit of the Spirit, all right? It's love. And we got to do it in love. And our job is to speak the truth in what? Love, according to Ephesians 4 and 15. To, according to Galatians 6 and 1, we're to, supposed to, to correct people gently and to love people the best that we possibly can. And God alone works on our human heart. Let's don't be a vehicle of condemnation. I've, I've been listening to, I've listened to so many and read so many help, self uh, books that help you. I just recently, I did not realize what it was when I, I have a, I have an app called Libby. If you do not have this, you should get it. Go to the library, get your library card. Um, you can actually get this, download this uh, app. It's called Libby, and you can actually check out uh, books for two weeks on your phone. A lot of them has audio, and you can listen to them, or you can actually read them on your phone instead of playing games all the time. It would make your life a lot better. If you could read books or listen to them on audio, it'd help you a whole lot. I'm sorry, I'm trying to bring condemnation on you. <laughs> But seriously, it's made a difference in my world. I just checked this book out and listened to it. Didn't realize what it was. The name of it was Triggers. And I, and I thought, and it was, it was something to, to help somebody that, to learn what your triggers are in your life and keep you from going off. But really, it was for young married mothers. It was written to them. And uh, as I listened to it, I ended up finishing the book. It's like, it's really good. Trying to get Bethany, any young mother, she tried to, anybody should listen to it. But this is just really, really good. But it's something I heard over and over and over inside of this book and I've heard a lot of times when you're talking about raising your kids and trying to help people grow was this you don't just tell your kid no you don't just tell get on to your kid and just say just because I said so because it creates this thing inside of them that they don't exactly know why or anything but it said if, if you tell your child you know it's, it's going to touch the stove and you don't just say no you say no Listen, if you touch that hot stove, it will burn you. You don't just tell them no, but you tell them why. That's conviction, okay? So they teach you this. And it, in us, it, it doesn't hurt to, to, to try to correct somebody and, and say, hey, you, you shouldn't do that. But if you do, tell them why. Because if you don't, you will become a voice of condemnation. All right? So we got to be careful of that. Now let me throw it on the other side of it. Because this is what Brother 
Brother Carson, this is where he got me. He actually he mentioned that right there about how there were some people being a voice of condemnation. Then he flipped it to the other side. But if you're on the other side of that and you're the one receiving that and it's like somebody is trying to uh, condemn you. Now, let me say this. real. I think a lot of times we think people are condemning us when they're actually trying to help us and we just don't. I've done that. I've actually literally tried to help somebody but was just ignorant of the fact of trying to help them. And instead, I used that venue of condemn, guilting them to do right instead of letting God use me as a venue to try to help them be right through conviction. But he said, if you're on the other side of it and somebody comes to you and they're condemning you, he said, you need to have enough God and spirit inside of you that you're not offended. Amen. Right? We got to make sure even, that, that goes back to what I was talking about with the boss. If he gets all of my stuff and I know I'm innocent, I need to have enough inside of me of God that that don't cause that condemnation to rest on top of me. And I can walk away from there and realize, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else says about me. I know that, praise God, my Redeemer lives. He's redeemed me and I've been saved and, and I'm walking the best I can in righteousness. And devil or human or whoever else you may be, you're not going to keep me from church. Amen. So I say it like this. Somebody says, well, I'm not going to go to church with all them hypocrites. Well, you might as well come on. It won't hurt to have one more. <laughs> I'm not letting anybody keep me from God. So, I don't want to be His tool. And we need to understand, the only way true biblical conviction can come is through the combination of the teacher and the textbook. And we need the Holy Ghost to convict us of our sins. Because if not, we'll walk in spiritual blindness. And that's a huge thing that we see in the Word of God, is spiritual blindness. And if we want to boil it down to just, uh, uh, just the nuts and bolts of, uh, of what... That, that without the Holy Ghost, we're spiritually blind. You can read it in 1 Corinthians 2... Uh, in Luke 4.18, the Lord talks about it. And in our spiritual blindness, it not only hinders us from seeing God accurately, it also hinders us from seeing ourselves properly. That goes back to somebody trying to condemn me. If I'm walking in the Spirit, it doesn't matter how much you try to put that guilt and shame on me. I know I've been redeemed. I know who I am. I'm not talking about arrogance. And, and it's the thing, when we think of our sinfulness, it's, it's, not, it's not that, you know, we, we need to think about it. But we're really better than we think we are a lot of times. A lot of people. Now, some people think they're better than they are, and I know that's another subject. But if you're thinking ill of yourself, we need to think God don't think about you that way. In this, these blind spots in our life, they cause us to misjudge the things we're doing. And we need the Holy Ghost to help bring biblical conviction to our lives. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting and when the Holy Ghost is in our lives there need to be some moments 
that it confronts us about our own issues. It brings conviction. We need to, we need to see negative patterns in our life and our character that's been there and that we need to fix but not condemn us. And without the Spirit, we won't see the blind spots. We'll just walk in guilt and shame. If you hadn't noticed today, I'm really speaking to be an advocate for the fact that we need the Holy Ghost in our life because we really can't walk in the Spirit without the Spirit walking in us. And when them things are, I promise you, four or five years ago, you've heard me talk about it. When it hit me one day and I realized that when some things before me and Sister Cheryl got married, some things that was, that was my fault that brought shame in, our, in, in her life, and it was like nearly 20 years, 15 years removed when I finally realized that, I'm like, how have I walked 15 years and not realized that was my fault? But the Holy Ghost convicted me. And brought me to that place. And we need God's loving correction. Even when we think there are no problems in us. Because we all have blind spots. And we all need the Holy Ghost. To expose it in the right time. And in, 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 in just today. Conviction. It differs from condemnation. Because it leads to life. For a child of God. And we cannot ignore the Holy Ghost. Disciplining our life. And not mistake that for condemnation because conviction it will hurt for a moment but unlike condemnation conviction will lead us to joy alright so I'll, I'll end with this our same verses today there's therefore no now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and I'll jump down to that last verse last two verses so they that are in the flesh cannot please God if we're walking in the flesh we can't please him but you're not in the flesh Paul's talking to spiritual people supposed to be ah talking to spiritual people or we're supposed to be you're not in the flesh but you're in the spirit if so be it the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he's none of his I, I close this with the last thing as I was thinking about this if you're a child of God and you only um, you don't really you're only feeling guilty let me, let me say it like this if you're a child of God and something's preached to us from the word of God and all it does is make you feel guilty about what you're doing whatever it may be maybe it's an addiction in your life Maybe it's a relationship in your life and it just makes you feel guilty and shamed about that. Maybe it's something from your past. Then in that area of your life, you're not letting conviction work. In that area of your life, you're walking in the flesh. Okay? Because condemnation will make you uh, feel like conviction will, but instead of you just feeling... Because here's the thing. I have preached things that I know people dealt with. And I thought, surely. And I, I felt like I preached it in the right way. And I thought, surely, that will help them see that they need to fix that area in their life. And Brother David had the total different response. And they left worse than they came.
But my question is this. If that happens to a person, whether it be you or anybody else, and I, I or somebody else preaches something from the Word of God that even shows you, hey, this is what you do, can do to fix this, and you leave worse than you come, what spirit are you walking in? Because if, you're, if that is preached and you get mad, you feel guilty, you feel upset, and you leave feeling worse, then Romans 8 and 1 applies. Right? This verse right here. There's no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. doesn't matter what I preach or anybody else preaches to you. If you are walking in the Spirit, you cannot be offended, and you will grow. The Word of God says, Great peace have they that love thy word, and nothing shall offend them. So, if something is preached or something you read, and all of a sudden it begins to bring condemnation to your life, immediately go back to yourself and say, Why am I feeling guilty? Why am I feeling shame? It could be that in that area, you're not letting the Holy Ghost guide you and you're walking in a blind spot. And you think, okay, now catch this. I'll, I'll be done. I know the kid's right up here. But this is important. Somebody needs to hear this. Because if in that area you think, I'm okay, but the Word says opposite, guess what's happened? You're offended because you're your, your flesh desires that more than eternity. Because here's the thing, Sister Judy. If I if somebody is doing something and God and God has directed you, whether through the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Word, whatever, all together says that needs to go. And it offends you, guilts you, and you feel hopeless, that is the flesh and not the spirit. That is condemnation and not conviction. But I promise you, everything that we're dealing with in life, the Bible tells us how to fix it. All right? He tells us how to fix it. I hope I've made some sense with this today. It's probably something that needs a lot more talked about. But in just, let's just leave it like this. If we will get full of the Holy Ghost and we will live as righteous as we know to live and recognize if you're feeling guilt and shame in your life that um, something with the flesh is going on here. Whether somebody else is trying to bring flesh on you or the flesh is rising up inside of you, we will live a victorious life. But if we're walking in guilt and shame, we can't have that victorious life. So, Lord, bless today. I pray that this thing, I know it's a lot that I've said today, it was settled in our spirit and we would be able to receive, God, what you have for us, God, and we could walk, God, in the right place, God, walk in the spirit and not in the flesh because we want your conviction, God, to take us to life and we don't want the condemnation of the world, the devil, the Satan, to take us to death because we know ultimately that's what's going to happen, God. We know condemnation is going to lead me to death. But, Lord, conviction is going to bring me to life. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.